Hello, everybody. We are back. This is Cinema Small Talk. I'm Pat. I'm Matt. And we're here to talk about death, people. Because we are back from the dead. Exactly. We have risen. It's been a while, Matt. I know I've seen you, but it's we been have more not... than three days, so I can't quite make the Jesus uh, allegory. But that, that is true. I wanted to. Probably, God, it's been at least two months, right? Pretty I don't much know. this whole summer. I don't know. It's been a while, regardless, and we missed all six missed people you. who listen to this podcast. So. We, we know you've missed us. And exactly. We miss you, too. I, I have been asked about it. Really? I have. You should have told me. Well, we just haven't had time. Uh, all right. But we're, busy, we're busy, busy people. So, so what are we talking? We're talking death today? We are talking about our favorite death scenes all time. This is an incredibly hard list to make. Because there are so many good ones, and so, I think. What do you mean by death? Are we talking um, like? Um, are we talking like most memorable, most badass? Um, it can be. I, I went with what impacted me the most. Whether you know, whether it's whatever elicited emotional response that it gave me. Whether it's like you know, fuck yeah, that was awesome, or oh my god, that's traumatizing. It's kind of just went by that. So actually, a lot of them will. There'll be, I think, some crossover between you and I, at least in our uh, honorable mentions, because we do have a lot of those as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the the big thing to start off is like, what makes a good movie death for me? You know, for you, for everyone. Well, I I had this discussion with my brother because um, I was talking about this the other day, and he was arguing the fact that what makes a movie death versus just a good kill in a movie. And I was telling it's the same thing. A death is a death, regardless of, you know, who's dying or how it's happening. The end result is the same. So we could make a list of ridiculous, badass kills if we wanted to in movies, and we very well may. That for another time. So what about you? What do you you think? For me, it's um, a movie, a favorite movie death is something that affects me. Right. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's a villain finally, you know, getting their comeuppance, uh-huh. whether it's a hero going out like a badass, whether it's uh, a pivotal moment of the story, whether it's like a side character or um, or something that really drives the plot, okay, like an inciting incident or something yeah. that could be in the beginning of a movie, right, right, right. Um, anything that really drives the story um, and that really hits hits me hard, gotcha. and it's just like it it. it uh, yeah, just it it's a pivotal moment in a story and it yeah. gives it could um for like me for most part like kind of the spine tingling moments or just emotional moments like okay. like there's a couple on here it's like i i wept. like blubbering on the floor i, yeah. I wept yes yeah. so, fetal position and all that yeah so i think that's what you know for me that's what makes a great movie death. okay i think our top five each will be quite different because you kind of know the type of movies I like versus the types of movies you like and the type of deaths and everything like that, that I gravitate towards. Yeah. You know? So I'm, I'm very, very excited to get into it. So do you want to just hop right in? Do you have anything else uh, you want to say beforehand? Not really. Um, Should we just like roll through our honorable mentions, kind of like ones that we thought were like, didn't quite make the cut and talk about some of them here and there. Yeah. That'll work. Okay. So we just go run down the list and then we'll kind of talk, pick yeah, out ones. Yeah, just throw a couple out there. I, I'm just going, I'll All be right. jumping back and forth on the honorable mentions ones. So. All right. So I'm going to work down my list. So one that almost made my top five. Okay. Almost. Because again, very memorable. Right. Seven-year-old Matt loved this to death. <laughs> right. Um, I know it seems ridiculous, but- I, I um, think I know which one you're talking about. Um, Donald Gennaro, the I lawyer in Jurassic Park getting I knew it. munched oh, off the God. toilet. Yep. Yep. I Good. almost put that on here. Almost. It, it almost made my top five. Oh, man. Get, getting eaten off the shitter. I mean, it's just, yeah. it was so cool as a kid. Yeah. It was so iconic. Like, everyone's like, you recreate that scene with your Legos. Oh. You, it yeah. scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. I was like, oh, my God, that's a real that's T-Rex good. eating a real human being at this point. And like, you can see it sized up. Like, you right. know, he's, he's obviously like, um, you know, when I was a kid, when I first watched it, you know, my yeah. adrenaline is, oh, is yeah. coursing through my veins. So, like, I wasn't really following the story too well yeah so i'm like is he like, is he taking a dump right now like <laughs> is he shitting himself <laughs> like like a rational person would if yes. confronted with a t-rex so. but still it's like you get the size of the t-rex yeah. and the little man and then you get the bones well, crunching when he shakes him just, and all just that the shit how the t-rex just sort of looks at him sizes him up and then it's like bam like it's like i'm gonna eat this guy all right 
fuck it let's do it all right my next one um a classic um sorry a, from a classic film classic death that everyone weeps over uh mufasa and lion king oh wow didn't make your top five no okay um agent smith in the matrix okay at the end um the um when neo finally discovers the full uh yeah. depth of his power yeah and you can kind of see that realization come over smith and just how he kind of just like it, it's more of a badass moment for neo it is than it's for, but that whole moment that i think that's just a great death yeah no it's, it's great um I'll, I'll go through a couple here okay um let's see i'm gonna go with one that is hilarious at least hilarious to me because this movie is pretty awful is nicholas cage and wicker man <laughs> the, from from the bees to the to the giant wicker man burning it's now have you ever it's, seen the original i've not i know christopher lee so i've never seen the remake oh it's ridiculous so I, i've seen the b bit the b bit's not in the original imagine nick cage in a bear suit like judo kicking random women <laughs> and then he gets killed with fucking bees and then when well, does get killed with the bees they put like this cage on his head dump with bees he's screaming like oh not the bees and all that kind of, it's hilarious and then um he they burn him to death in like a ritual sacrifice now, the burning happens in the original too right um but not uh, the bees though unfortunately not the bees, not the bees. okay not the bees. all right yeah i've seen the meme enough to kind of know what it's about oh, it's amazing all right, all what right. else you got uh let's see i have um quint robert shaw's character from jaws yes that is also on my list that Oh man, because I saw that movie when I was really young. It's already a classic at that point, obviously. Um, probably shouldn't have been watching it that early, but my dad didn't really care. I, you know, <laughs> so it's not that bad. You know, when it just just nabs him right at the middle. Yeah, and it's like you see, you see just like the blood spurt out of his mouth yes. and just the reactions. Yes. Like it's so like gruesome, but not like gory. But it's just so I guess visceral. Yeah. It felt very real. Um, yes, it did. It and, did. And and just it wasn't quick. It no, was drawn it out. Wasn't. It was horrible. Um that was perfect. Yeah. Um speaking of Jaws, um Jaws the Shark is on <laughs> yes, my list. Okay. That yes. yeah, that's good. Um, let's see. I'll go with another one here. Uh all right, we'll go with this one. Because this was a former more recent movie. Um John Krasinski's character in a quiet place. Ah, uh, okay. Did you have that on there? No, I didn't no. like that death as much. No, I like I liked it. I it like that just, whole scene. It was I, great. I, this whole sacrifice is great and everything, but it just felt like he, I don't know, gave up a little. <laughs> I mean, these things were about to massacre his children. Yeah, because I have to rewatch it again. Yeah. I, I, I that was one of the few bits I didn't love of that movie. Well, I also love because it's like he also he reconciles with his daughter, and you know she realizes like yeah you know he. It's always loved her. It's not no, he's not great. mad at her. No, that's, it's that's really great. like a powerful moment. No, I, I just um, I felt the um, the circumstances getting there. Okay, maybe could have been a little bit better. Yeah, I could, I could see that. The pacing was a little weird. Getting to that point, it's it's I always I always hated the sacrifice kind of style ones where it's like everything. It's like you're you're running, blah blah blah, whatever, and all of a sudden it's like you know what? I just gotta do it. I just yeah, gotta, and I, I I hate that. I, I would have felt better if they would spent a little bit more time narrowing down their chances and just making it seem like they're getting more desperate more right. desperate until finally it's like you've got no choice it felt a little abrupt okay and that's probably what cheapened it a bit for me um as insanely picky but yeah that's just, yeah that's, i'll do that's, one that's more me. honorable mention here then you can go do a couple more of yours uh yep. let's see i am gonna go with uh apollo from rocky four that one made me very very sad as a young kid really oh yeah I, I loved Apollo. He was one of my favorites. Now, and, Rocky Four being one of the two Rocky movies I have seen. Um, hey, I watched the first one. I know, finally. Yeah. After, yeah. you know, it's a 40-something-year-old movie. And I'm not 40 years old, so. I know, so but it's cut me so some slack in at least 10 of those years. I guess, asshole. yeah. All right. Oh, man. But, okay. um, yeah, I remember watching as a kid not being affected at all, so explain well, this to me. Because I, I saw all the Rocky movies, you know, in order, you know, I was not as they were released, obviously, but they were on TV all the time. So I watched the first one, second one, third one. Third one, I was kind of like, hey, whatever, you know, Mr. T. And then fourth one, fourth one comes around. And when Drago's just pummeling Apollo, and I can't, I was like, telling him to stop, throwing the towel. They, they throw it in, and he just hits the mat on the, in the ring there. And you were just, devastated? 
I really was. I really, really was because I really liked that character a lot, and just like the how the effect that had on Rocky and everything was it was awesome. Nice. So not top five worthy, but but a very good one in my opinion. Okay. So all right, uh, go go off for a few more on your own. You know, I think it would be a good topic too. Sometime worst movie deaths. Yes, absolutely. Like I'm thinking like Cranston and Godzilla. Oh, in, complete in, shit. In the beginning, the T Rex in Jurassic Park three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, stuff like that just like was like oh come on you, you tank the movie with this yeah, shit there's some, there's some bad ones out there um, anyway okay so uh, next on my list uh, we've got um, uh, the T-800 Arnold in Terminator 2 okay yep. okay cross over here but uh, it's classic mine is a little higher than that I figured yeah um, Yondu Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 oh, oh man I, I forgot to put that on one on there yeah, that was the a great one whole yeah. father-son moment yes I, we've talked about it on the podcast before but the whole you know yeah he may have been your father but he wasn't your daddy right moment yeah, for sacrifice one. i mean uh and that uh, one easily could have been swapped out in a top five one of the few moments of you see chris pratt really like showing the acting chops he does have that you don't he does. see all the times no uh but uh that was great yeah that that's just definitely worthy because then you also have the entire um because not just because of the moment, but because of the meaning of it. Because like you do realize at that point where it's like, no, he was Quill's father the whole time, right? And that's you're gonna kind of see that theme play into my top five, where it's like the death means more than just losing yes. someone. It's like you kind of have that realization that he was protecting him this whole time, and it has carries so much more weight and meaning. And then that funeral at the end carries so much more weight and and meaning exactly. um, about the whole family idea, of family coming together and stuff like that. That you don't have to be related to be a family, right? Um, so that's why that 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 could have been right there too as well for me. Um, I'll give you one more, um, Ellie and Up. Yeah, I had that. I had that. That's the wife, right? Yep. I didn't. I never knew her name because yeah. it's been a while since I've seen the movie. I had that on my honorable mentions as well. Yeah, so freaking sad, man. In the first like ten minutes of the movie, I've seen that movie once, and I still it's like I loved it, but I have a hard time thinking about going back and yeah, watching it. It's great going I into see a, that. Bit. Yeah, I know. It's it's great going into a kid's movie, you know, as an adult. Like, oh, this is going to be nice, you know. All of a sudden, then it's like you're sitting in your chair. Then all of a sudden, they're like pummeling on you. It's a requirement for every Pixar movie. It's like it's you like, will cry. How are we going to make, we got to find new ways to torture grown the, ass parent, men. the, the, the yeah. grown-ups in the audience. Yeah. The kids, fuck the kids. Yeah, pretty much. They're not the ones buying the tickets. Mm -mm. It's the adults. So it's like, <laughs> let's find new ways to torture them. Yeah. Well, they'll throw poop and fart jokes in there for the kids, and then they'll hit the parents in the emotional nutsack to yes. make them cry as much as possible, and which the, is always the, nice. The, the two new films coming up, I think, are going to be even more, oh, probably. more nut pounding. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, just... it's their thing now. It's it's kind of Pixar's thing now. So, yeah, <laughs> right, no, that's what, a good one. All right, what you got? Up uh, let's see. Um, this next one is a very gruesome one, and that is Joe Pesci's character from Casino. I've not seen this movie. So basically, imagine someone getting beaten to death with a bat very, very, like, just gruesomely. And Scorsese, and then, and then, so I'm sure it's and all... And then buried in a shallow grave with his brother, who they also just beat to death with a bat while they're still both still breathing. And then, yeah. So buried alive. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's, it's like very... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's even worse. Yeah, it's it's pretty, pretty nasty. Can't wait for that. Um, going on to this next one, which is another mobster movie, which... I love um, is Sonny James Conn's yep. character from Godfather. I thought about putting that on my H. I, I, I just on my honorable Look, mentions. I just had too many. But growing yeah, up in Jersey, going to the toll booth, <laughs> yeah, every time I'm like, oh great, where where the hell are the guys with the Tommy guns? Your heads on a swivel. Oh yeah, I'm like, oh, give me give my easy pass here, you know, so I can just drive right through. Um, but yeah, so that that one was always a really good one, and that, that would be great. Like if uh, for the easy pass for advertisements, if they just use that snippet <laughs> from the film. <laughs> Be like, yeah. are you thinking about Easy Pass? Yeah. Like, you might want to think twice. Like, it's like, like look what happened to Sonny <laughs> by Easy Pass. Do you want this to happen exactly. to you? Exactly. No. Yeah. Oh, that, that actually would have been great marketing. It would have got, actually probably would have gone over well up there. I'm not going to lie. People were like, oh, yeah, fuck. I would be like that guy, you know? Um, don't be, don't be yeah, like Sonny. I'll be like Sonny. Easy Pass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, let's see. Next one here um, is I have Maximus from Gladiator. Forgot about that one. Yes. Oh boy. One of That's my favorite one. movies of all time. Yeah. Like at probably top 10 movies for me. I can hear the music in my head uh, yeah, right ex now. Ex exactly. Because of that and the, just everything, the whole scene, how it plays out where you see him kind of 
in the afterlife, quote yep. unquote, seeing, seeing his family. Yeah. I'm just like, oh man, that's that's good stuff. With that score, uh, the score really makes it, I think. I got to watch that movie again. So I good. own it. Thing. I own it. And yeah. I got to. One of my, yeah, I mean, really is a phenomenal freaking movie. Um, I'll do one more and then you can do a couple more. Okie dokie. Um, kind of keeping in that similar historical epic kind of thing, I have William Wallace yep. from Braveheart. I thought that'd so, be on the top five for you. It was I know close. You love that movie. It was really, really close. But um, it's funny. <laughs> my my brother and I were talking about that one too. He's like, I docked that one for historical accuracy. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> it's a on. movie. Yeah, it's a movie. You Just know? a movie. Yeah, don't be like a prick about it. That's right, John. I'm calling you a prick. So, um, hi, John. Yes. Um, but no, I mean, that's such a powerful scene though. It's like his, his friends are there watching this whole thing. Yeah. You know, and then just the freedom, you know, he's screaming that it's like, it's, it's a powerful moment. So, well, you go ahead. Uh, I mean, you talk anything Braveheart, you have to immediately throw historical accuracy out the window. Oh, it doesn't make uh, yeah. it less of a good movie. No, absolutely. You know, I think the most historical accurate movie, uh, that Mel Gibson made was probably Hacksaw Ridge. And then the Jesus one, the passion of the Christ. <laughs> You know, this is debate accuracy. Well, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, next on my list, Logan from yes. Logan. Yes. Okay. I, I had that one on here too as well. Great, great uh, bow out for uh, a great character. Yeah. And a great uh, actor playing that character. Yep. A couple great actors playing a couple great characters. The movie overall was really great, you know, yeah. uh, taking the scale of it down. So it wasn't some big, huge movie. Same thing with his death. It was yeah. very small. It was it intimate. Was, like, yeah. yeah. And, and having the X as the tombstone mark with the two twigs. That was really nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, after that, I've got Goose from Top oh, from Gun. Top Gun. You know, I, I debated putting that one on here actually, and I kind of it caught me as because like now it's like okay, it's a moment. Mm-hmm. It's it's more of a pop culture moment than it yeah. is anything. But as a kid, that that, that was pretty like oh, yeah. what like he died. Yeah. Like why why would they do that? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like who's like, gonna help him fly the plane? Now? Exactly. Yeah. Um, that was great. Uh, it's just you know two buddies and you know the one dies. And, that's yeah, it was, it, was, it was a good moment. Um, Jack Black in the School of Rock. He dies in that? Doesn't he? I've not seen that. I don't know. I, I think it's been a while since I've seen that movie. Or okay, well, that it. was a joke. I was hoping to just lay that one in there. I was like, wait, wait, what? It's a, it's the director's cut. Link later directed <laughs> Okay, it's a deleted scene. Where uh, after celebrating their victory at the Battle of Bands, he dies from a heroin overdose. <laughs> that would have been very rock and Stu- roll. Studio didn't. Yeah. It didn't score well. It didn't test well. <laughs> Yeah, really. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, uh, kids. Yeah, you, this is how you shoot up. Okay, great. That didn't play well with the test audience. <laughs> um, it's the school of rock. It's not just the music, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm glad they didn't do that. <laughs> um, next one. Um, everyone in Rogue One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's they killed them all. All of them. I was not expecting that. I knew that we probably. I thought maybe they let one or two survive, and yeah. then they could like do a spinoff series or something like that. And, or in the comics and let him survive. They just stayed away from the rebellion. That's why you never saw him in the movies. Right. Uh, but no, they killed them all. No, that, they, was that was a pretty ballsy move, actually. It was a Kathleen Kennedy move, too. Yeah. I remember, oh, really? did, you, did you hear that story? Yeah. Um, they were screening it and they had um, Jen and Cassian get away. Survive. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Kathy, Ed, Kathy Kennedy said to Gareth Edwards, she's like, shouldn't they all die? Right. <laughs> and Gareth Edwards was like, you let me do that? Like, well, because yeah. I think he wanted to. Yeah. And but he's like, ah, I probably should play it safe. It's Disney. Right, exactly. You know, she was like, you know, can't that, massacre. Like, Shouldn't they die? He's like, you sure? He's yeah. Like, so. Even though Disney's one to talk, considering, you know, every one of their movies has usually a relative dying in the beginning of it. Which, right. You know, right, right, right. So, but no, I think that was, it's very powerful. Oh, yeah. Like, I wasn't expecting that. And uh, the way they did it was beautiful. Oh, yeah. That, that big, with this Death Star explosion on the horizon. Uh, yeah, cast, and, that, that's like my favorite scene in the movie next to the Vader scene. And, of course. and you have the, uh, some of the other heroes going out like badasses, you oh, know, yeah. um, K2SO. Yep, um, the Donnie Yen yes. sacrificing himself, and then his and then, his friend going I, out just yeah. I love that, that laying whole, waste to the stormtroopers. So to to basically take that last like forty five minutes to an hour of that film, to me is like the best Star Wars that's been released over the past few years. Oh yeah, great Next, space like, battle. I should say in movies, yeah, because the anime stuff has been pretty good. Yep. So, yep. Um, cool. All right, I'll uh, I'll do a couple more, and then maybe we can get into our. Uh, Top five got, list or all right i do have some more honorable mentions that i want to hit though i do as well okay so let's go quick all right let's hit uh so i have willem dafoe from platoon yep oh yeah i have thelma and louise okay. from thelma and louise i have vasquez and gorman from aliens the two the, the ones who are then the air shaft and like they you know the it's aliens coming s- at them so long they have the I've grenade they're like she's like you're always were an asshole gorman she's fucking 
blows it up and blows them up with the alien. That was a really cool scene. Um, I have Sean Connery from Untouchables. Haven't seen it. Oh, it's such a good movie. Only again, he brings a knife to a gunfight. It's it's great. <laughs> Pardon my French to all my Italian and American friends here, all three of you. Um, let's see. I have Judge Doom from Roger Rabbit. Never seen it. Jumping off of that, I have The Shoe from Roger Rabbit. A very traumatizing scene as a I little kid. I haven't seen that either. It's a great movie. That, I'm pretty sure that's on Netflix still. Um, let's see. I'll do a couple more and then you can go through the rest of yours. I have... Bah, 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 bah. Let's see. Tony Stark from Endgame. Honorable mention. Honorable mention. Okay. Yeah. Because um, I think there's some other ones that kind of stuck with me a bit more. Darth Vader from Return of the Jedi. Um, Randy Quaid from Independence Day. <laughs> which it, I forgot to copy that one down. Yeah, Easily him. could have been top five. Cousin Eddie flying the plane up the yeah. alien's butthole. Exa- yes. Exactly. Um, up yours, man. Up yours. Yeah. And then so my good. last uh, last two would be Spock from Wrath of Khan. Okay, yeah. And um, the character of Eli from There Will Be Blood, who gets beaten to death with a bowling pin by Daniel Lewis. I know the scene. I've seen uh, it reenacted. Your milkshake, that, that whole thing. I've seen it reenacted. I actually own the movie. That's I, a great I haven't movie. watched it yet, though. Oh, um, man. That's but a movie I, know I can the quote scene. all day, too. Eli! Yeah, Eli. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he, he basically just, like, destroys this guy's entire world through just, like, basically tell him how much he's fucked him over. Yeah. And then he beats him to death with a bowling pin. That's like, wow, okay, seen, that's pretty uh, brutal. I've seen Richard Iowati re uh, play that scene out in a bowling alley in Berlin. Germany. Really? Yeah. Oh, God. That's great. That's great. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. That's why I don't go bowling. <laughs> um, okay, so the rest of my honorable mentions. We've got, um, I don't think you've seen these movies, but we've got Cedric, Cedric Diggory from Harry Potter. I, I, I did see that Fire. one. I did see that one. Not so much the death itself, but more the impact of its death. Okay. Uh, because... In the movies, especially in the movies, they play it where it's like you still got the big evil villains, stuff like that. It's still kind of back there. It's in right. the back seat. And then like everything's still like happy, scampy kids, just doing the kid stuff. And then all of a sudden that death happens. And the father's reaction when he comes back, just sobbing over his kid's yeah. dead body. And it, it's Shit like it's real. It's like a needle yeah. drops and the entire tone of the franchise and every and the books and the story changes at that moment. Right. And it's just it's a turning it's, point. It's yeah. heavy. It's like. Yeah, it's like it's on. Um, we have Hal from two thousand one Space Odyssey. Yes, okay. Um, this is this is not a badass death. This is a villain getting it. Um, Hitler and Inglorious Bastards. Okay, the Hitler yeah. death yeah. was. I mean, oh, I forgot Hans Gruber as an honorable mention. I'm talking Hans. about villains, villain deaths. Um, and uh, forgive spoilers. We should put a spoiler warning at the front yeah, of this. But we will. Whoopsie Daisy. Um, I've got Marvin in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> okay, I shot Marvin in the face. Yeah. Uh, we've got Kevin in Home Alone 2. Get out um, of here. Shut up. Again, the the family dies on the way back from New York on the plane crash. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's yes. just the movie in my head. Yeah, exactly. Benjamin no, Button. You know, in the movie in my head, he brutally murders criminals like a friggin' vigilante. Is that not what happens? It basically is. Just tortures them. Um, yeah, exactly. It's even worse. Benjamin Button. Okay. Dies as a baby, doesn't he? Because yeah. like, he reverses age yeah well he's he's an 84 year old but he looks like a, a like newborn a, yeah that's right yeah have you seen the movie um no but i know, I know it's that. it's yeah it's a very um it's a very it's queer because it's like it's happy because you have someone who's lived a happy and full life right mostly happy but a nice full life and is loved and all that stuff but then at the same time you're seeing a newborn baby so is it like his uh, grandkids holding him at the end or something like no his his um they were never married Okay, but like the, his the, the the mother of his kid, Paramore, basically. Kate, Kate Blanchett's character, okay. his, his his love interest throughout the entire gotcha. story. Okay. Um, then we have um, this is more just death of everyone. Um, Melancholia, just the entire movie is uh, one gigantic yeah, death scene. Yeah, I've not seen it. Um, essentially, um, it's detected that as depressing as the title. A, a rogue planet um is detected, and it's Jesus. meant to um, they predict that it's going to miss Earth. But it's, but it's going to be like beautiful. Oh, it's Lars von Trier with Kirsten Dunst. Is, uh, uh, and uh, Steve Carell? No, no, no. no. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland's in it. Oh, I'm thinking of a different movie. And um, I forget who the other actress is. Um, but anyway. Um, Lars von Trier can do some really weird stuff though. But anyway, spoiler alerts. About two, th- before the third act, the, the one character is like, um, she is anxiety disorder. She's like, she's afraid like this is actually going to like 
Hit they, the planet. Say, they, they say this is going to miss us and swing around Earth and we'll be safe. Which right. like, I, I just I have such a bad feeling about this. And two thirds way through the film, it becomes apparent that yes, this this planet will. And they don't do it through like news stories or anything. Right. They do it through like a kid on the lawn, like seeing how far away the planet's going uh, through this little scope, and then okay. you start seeing it like getting bigger over time wow. instead of getting smaller. And then it's kind of like everyone. So it's the death of the planet. It's just right. it's so heavy. It's just. It's a weird like one. I'd like. It's a weird one. It's a great movie. It's on yeah. Hulu, which you don't have. Um, no. And final last one, uh, Michael Caine and Children of Men. Have you seen this? Uh, um, I have, I think. It's a long Such time a ago. sad, sad death because his Michael wife, because he gives his wife a suicide kit. Because you know, that's the thing going around now is you know, right. home-assisted suicide. He, he says goodbye to his wife and he goes out to confront the terrorists and to give his Clive Owen time to get away with the baby. Right. Um, just a kind of a great sacrifice moment. Yeah. Beautiful, sad hero. Yeah, that's a that's a good movie. Um all right. Let's do our top fives. All right. I don't uh, have any order to mine. Oh, okay. I, I, I put mine in like a in a tentative order here. Okay. Um should we uh, go back and forth or should we just roll through our top fives? Go each? back and forth. Okay. Back and forth. You go um, first. Number five for me. Um, it's kind of a wild card. I honestly could have swapped it out for any of these other ones, but this one was really impactful as a child for me, and that is Artax, the horse, in NeverEnding Story. Cool, I've never seen it. It is a... <laughs> basically, our hero, Treyu, is going through this... like I think it's called the Swamp of Sorrow or some kind of crazy on-the-nose kind of no name like that. Swamp of Sorrow? Yeah, and... Oh, yeah, no, I think it is because it... Like the swamp will consume you because it feeds off of your sorrow, basically. So if you're feeling sorrow, it, it's going to kill you. Okay. So they're going through basically this quicksand kind of thing. Yeah. And the horse gets stuck, and then starts to sink and sinks slowly. Kids screaming, trying to pull him out of the of the muck. And it's you know six seven year old Patrick was very uh, like, what the hell is happening? This is awful. Is this back in the day where they like actually filmed the animals being like yes. tortured and abused? Pretty, pretty, yeah, this is, you know, this is like early 80s. I think this movie came out in like 83 or 84. Okay. Um, And yeah, it was it was pretty pretty impactful for me as a kid. Like, Even to this day, it's still a pretty brutal scene. It wasn't like Tarkovsky where they figured out a way to light a cow on fire? What? Oh, no. Yeah, no. They, they wrapped like a blanket around it and like a fireproof blanket and set the cow on fire mm. and let it just run around and filmed it for a scene. For mine already like cut up a steak on our grill. That's how I let my cow on fire. So yeah, so that was number five for me. You've never seen that movie? No. So it's a good one. It's it's definitely they made a couple of them. The first one is really I think and I know the second one was probably decent, but the first one was really good. Yeah. Well it's never ending, so <laughs> exactly. I'm sure they'll remake it at some point. Okay. Well I don't have an order to mine. Okay. So my first one in my top five is Roy Batty from Blade Runner. I had that as an honorable mention, but I forgot to mention it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I knew you. I figured you'd have that one on there. Just the speech, obviously. Yeah. It's a classic. It's it's my probably my only uh, classic on here as far okay. as um, big ones. But um, so is that like the the oldest film you'll have on your list as far as? Uh... No. Oh, okay. No, but like, oh, that's actually considered a classic. A classic death scene. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, you know, and um, no, it's just great. Um, you know, he he saves Deckard in the yeah. end. Um, we realize, and then he starts realizing that his time is up. Mm-hmm. That there's nothing. He's he is dying, and again, that speech, which was mostly improvised by Rucker Hauer, uh, beautiful Rest in peace, beautiful, yeah. yeah, um, perfect, yeah, perfect end to a wonderful movie. I I enjoyed that one because I saw that one recently with you actually when I watched yeah. we watched both Blade Runner movies, um, which I think I liked 2049 a bit more. Yeah, um, probably a better made film, but it has the benefit of you know, modern technology and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, no, that's, a, that's a great scene. Uh, the rain and everything like that. I mean, Rucker Howard kind of kills it in, in, in that scene. He's probably, the, he's the best part of that movie. Yeah. Hands down. He's the best part of that movie. Harrison Ford doesn't do a whole lot, honestly, no, but it's not, sort of, you know, is like dour and stern the whole time. Kind of has this, you know, angry look on his face, which <laughs> he usually does. Old police detective. Yeah, I guess. Wary of replicants. Is he a replicant? Is he not? Yeah. Okay, so that's my first one. What's your next one? Uh, Number four for me is the T-800 from Terminator 2. Okay. Um, You you must lower me into the steel, and then it's just, you know, the thumbs up. And for this, for John Connor's character, this is essentially 
this is his father figure he's seeing lowered into the, uh, his father figure and a, a you know a machine that he is destined to fight yes yeah. essentially yep so it's just kind of like great juxtaposition of the thing that he loves is also the thing that is trying to destroy him and that he must destroy as well well there's this also bit where he it's not like they've been together for a long time right he just it's just a, and that's what always makes a great relationship when it comes apart even more powerful is like the fact that you know he didn't have a father and now he does exactly and he's just just when you start getting to love something and it gets mm -hmm. taken away like that it, uh, just, a, a father figure with the face of the machine that killed his his actual father yeah that's that's know, pretty which pretty, is another irony which is really yeah. nice so that's, I love that scene so much. It's so like just the the because you have the score going on. A lot yeah. of these scenes are benefited by music. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so many of I think honestly all of mine or, probably or are. lack of music too. Sometimes yeah. without anything like, but no, definitely the the Blade Runner one. I'm trying to think. Um, some of mine are. I know one of mine definitely is. There's no music. Okay. But so yeah, um, I, I think yeah. I mean, I think because you had mentioned the the Terminator Two one earlier too. So, um, but yeah, I think uh, that's definitely up there for me so what's uh what's your next one um robert down jr slash tony stark in endgame okay yeah that, that, that was hard not to put that there i thought when i first put this together i'm like it's, not, it's just gonna be an honorable mention but the more right. i think about it it's like there's a, a lot behind that yeah. so a badass line you get to say oh, as yeah. you go out like i am iron man it's perfect really Close perfect loop. closing the story of all the mcu films beforehand mm -hmm. um saves the world saves the universe yeah um, gets that beautiful moment. He gets three goodbyes with with Rhodey, with Peter Parker, and then the one with Pepper is just yeah. beautiful. Um, that that one got me. It did. It that did. Really got um, me. you know, just it was the right pacing. It had the right levity to it. It was no music in that one. At no, the I don't very think end there was. There was no, no. music. Um, yeah, it's just really really powerful that's it's it's one that's like you don't forget right and yeah that's you, you have you know that was 10 years of build-up 21 movies you know where you, you're kind of building this attachment to these characters and robert downey jr did that one so well and it, you and really you have, can't separate him from it i mean it's so damn good it's just just packed with emotion oh it's, it was amazing and you know just that the whole i mean the i am iron man it really goosebumps every time is so yep. epic and so perfect. Yes. It really is like the, the perfect death scene. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely, and that, now you're kind of making me rethink mine. Like I should have put that in my top five cause it is really damn good. So, um, I'll go to my next one then. And that is Mufasa from Lion King. Okay. The animated, um, the original have not seen the, uh, I heard he doesn't die in the new one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, he becomes a machine, and you know, he's like, "Fuck you, Scar!" He whips out a machine gun. That's that's at the the Redux. Um, but but uh, honestly, he's fucking, fucking he's got fucking hand grenades. Like his claws, they launch little missiles. You know, it's like it just like blows shit up. I'd, I'd watch that movie, honestly. This sounds good. I like this. Yeah, let's let's just start breaking this script. Um, so yeah, no, the scene saw this movie when it came out. You know, I was what I think like eight. Um, did not cry really. I think when I saw that as a child, as an adult, can't, can't, can barely watch that scene, can barely get through it. Yep. It is awful. Like, he's just like, he's like tugging on him and okay, get up. It's like, oh, stop it. It's like, I can't. I was watching it at work a couple of weeks ago, right? Cause it was like on, I was like on YouTube or whatever. Somebody had posted it. So I start watching. I'm like, oh, okay, you know. I'm like, all right, I'm like starting to tear up at my desk here. I got to stop this because I'll be sitting there like, oh, God, I can't, well, you know, I'm trying to work. And I was like, no, I can't do it. It is, it is a really great scene. And that, you know, obviously that starts, sets Simba out on his journey of self-discovery. Well, it's that, and it's, it's, it's that classic, as a kid, you don't think like your parents or no. anyone, they think they're invincible. Right. And you just get that moment, it's like, that's, 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 it's like oh my god my father could get trampled by wilderbeasts i gotta watch out for this dad yeah dad <laughs> stay away from canyons with wilderbeasts don't don't go near them please wilderbeasts so, all right yeah it's wilderbeast my next my next one um is a movie you definitely have not seen oh yeah so um i don't know the year i want to say it's 19 
80-ish, maybe? Um, so it's a movie from Fanny and Alexander. Uh, Ingmar Bergman. Oh, okay. Um, Swedish film. It's a, it's a five-part story. We always watch it. Burpity What? The Swedish, Swedish chef, yes. yes. Work, work, work. Work, 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 yeah. So the basic story, I'm going to try and recap this to tell you why this What's the movie is called? Fanny and Alexander. Fanny and Alexander. So it's a story about two like kids. Like British Fanny or like the name Fanny? No, the name <laughs> Fanny. Jesus. All right. Um, hey, we have two UK listeners, you know. So, um, so it's a story about two kids. Okay. They are grow, um, and this is this takes place in uh, turn of the century Sweden. So like my, my early nineteen hundred, early nineteen hundreds. Right. Um, they're part of a wealthy family that owns a playhouse. Um, their father is a loving guy. Um, and uh, everyone's everyone in the family just loves each. It's it's a big party essentially. The the first it's a five part movie. The first part is Jesus. all is all Christmas. It's just okay. the most elegant Christmas ever. We watch it every year at Christmas. It's beautiful. Anyway. The father dies shortly into the second part. From oh, stroke. very Christmassy. And so the mother um, is finds consolation with the local bishop. She ends up falling in love with him, and right. they get married. This bishop is a motherfucker. Oh, really? Um, and like, complete, literally, compl- literally, kind of. Yes, figuratively, and yeah. um, he uh, complete just evil asshole. Okay. And so he makes them has them move in. So they move out of this. The mansion that they used to live in, essentially, this big, beautiful house, right. into this bare minimum, you know, because this is like hardcore, crazy, hardcore Christian, okay, like asshole, and so it's like there's nothing on the walls right. except for a picture of Jesus or like a cross or something like that, right? And, um, Very Spartan existence, yeah, and of. has to live. They have to live with the bishop's family, his aunt, like crazy ass aunt and mom, I think, and um, it's hell for the kids, especially for Alexander. He's just he. It just fights everything, as and the bishop is very strict. You know, you don't get to go out. You don't get to see your old family. Oh wow, it's complete, complete fucko. Um, the mom threatens to leave him, and he's like, "He's like, I will not divorce you, but it's like you can leave, but if you leave, like, you're it's considered um, desertion, and I'll I will keep the kids." Oh man, so that's all. The rest of the the rest of the movie is like the family. Um, you watch this during Christmas? Not the whole part. This is the first Christmas part. Um, uh-huh. There's a family, the original family, trying to figure out how they can get the wife and these kids back right. and to get them away from this evil asshole. Well, Alexander always has vision, has these visions of this bishop dying like horribly, and so in the final um, act, the um, they are able to escape. Everyone's able to escape. Okay. Um, and the uh, there's an old gas lamp, and like the bishop's aunt like knocks it over and catches herself on fire, and she catches him on fire. And he essentially burns to death. Is it as comical as I picture it in my head? Uh, no, it's like oh, okay. it's like every bit's like you die, you fucking die. Because I hear Benny and you Hill deserve to die. On. You burn in hell, you preacher man. Right. And um, it's the most satisfying fucking death because it's this this kid and and Alexander had visions of him burning to death. Right. And so it, and that's another part of the story. There's some magic involved where it's like you know sometimes. Um, you know your your dreams can become real if you try hard enough right kind of thing. Okay. well literally his dream is to kill this person and, so you got a little bit of like almost metaphysical stuff kind of going on and that comes back later in the end it's it's uh it's too much to explain now but it's the most satisfying villain death i've ever seen because okay. again they spent four hours building up this guy to be just the biggest asshole and to have him die the way he dies it's just Oh, now, is just, this all shot you, as you, one film? You feel it pulsing through your veins as far as yeah. like watching someone die. Like you're on so screen. you're so behind what's happening it's, it's right like, now. It's yes, like, yeah, yes. Now, was this released all as one film, or is it, it released in Both. sections? It, it was released all as one film, and okay. then it was released on TV. They, okay. they, they split it up, so it was released like five and a half hour film, and then wow. they split it up to TV. Yeah, you, know? you kind of have to. It's that's ridiculously long. But now, um, great, great. Uh, like thinking about it makes me want to just go watch him burn to death again. <laughs> I mean, I have to just look up that scene, or or will not have the same impact if I just watch that scene. You should watch the whole thing. Yeah, it's a large time. You spread out over nights. You don't watch it all. Yeah, but weeks in my case. Um, so my next one is the character of Boromir from Fellowship of the Ring. Is this number one? That's no, number two. Oh man, I thought this would been number one for you. It was close. 
but they're the one when I thought of it, they could easily swap back and forth. But um, this whole scene, it's kind of long, you know. It's it's him getting riddled with arrows while he's saving, you know, the hobbits. Um, just really heroic, epic kind of sacrifice, which you know I have a soft spot for. Um, excellent, Sean Bean, you know, the, the master of dying and on screen, he's died in so many different movies that he's been in. Um, that you know, that when he finally just is about to get shot in the head, and you know, Aragorn saves him, everything like that, you know, and kind of there with him when he dies. The whole exchange they have is is, is great. Um, really, just like a powerful moment uh, in that movie because the, he kind of it's also redemptive because he attempted to take the ring from Frodo, right. and he's like he he knows he's like I, you know I screwed up, you know, so I'm gonna go out you know to try be the hero that that you know should be and he i think he really does that's that's such a probably my favorite moment in all those movies well it's it's top probably three yeah i'd I'd probably say the same yeah that's great death i know i didn't have my honorable mentions but it is it's because i I knew you were going to talk about it right yeah it's like i I wasn't but yeah it's 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 yeah we've talked about this in the like in passing you know having conversations like this before and yeah that one's that one's up there for me yeah so um what is your next one? Um, that would be. I'm trying to think which one I want to talk about first. Um, if I want to go to the super sad, depressing one, or the cool one first. Let's do the depressing one. Yeah, yeah. So, spoiler for a recent movie. You haven't seen this movie. Uh, nominated for best picture last year uh, in Roma. Okay. Um, it's this basically story of a um, of a girl who works for a family in Mexico. Um, yeah. She's like their. She's like the maid. Nanny. Yeah. Maid exactly. Kind of, yeah. Um, so she becomes pregnant um, during the movie. It's kind of like one of the main plot lines. It's 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 tough to say plot lines with that movie. Um, yeah, because it's kind of very yep. all over. Yep. And um, so halfway through the movie, um, she gives birth, but the baby is stillborn. Oh man! And uh, the scene, um, the scene itself, and this is where everyone's like, "What the fuck are you doing? Like, why are you?" <laughs> this is your one of your favorites and like put favorite in quotes right like i talked at the beginning this is moments that impactful abs- yes yes and so you see the fact that um i can't remember her name but the actress who uh who starred the fact she had never acted before no the emotion carried throughout the whole it's it's five minutes it's not just like so they draw it out pretty they show they show it all from resuscitation all that stuff and you you it's you're you're with her so you can't see but you can hear and you go through right. all of these emotions with her um just couldn't stop crying watching it um and then also it kind of ties into the end of the movie too um because she kind of put up this wall after that, as far as this kind of emotional wall where she, um, after it happened, um, try and protect herself. And then that kind of breaks down at the end. Right. And that kind of brings together this family that she's part of that always kind of viewed her as like, just kind of like the servant girl. Right. The help. And yeah. it, it, it kind of breaks down that wall and they kind of all become a family at the end through this moment that I, I it's too much to describe. Right. But it's, as far as an emotional death, I, I don't like watching it. It's really hard to watch, but damn, if it's not powerful, right. if it's not like, I think for you, like coming for you, like as a father, you definitely would get more. It's out it's of that. what makes it the yeah. best movie I saw last year. Really? Uh, it's yeah, it's just beautiful. And it's, it sounds so fucked up. It's not beautiful. It's, it, it's, it's a beautiful moment of filmmaking because it really yes. captures the emotion exactly. and the tragedy of the exactly. whole thing. You're talking about putting something in film that right. is, uh, that it's, it's really so art imitating emotion. life. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to be able to pull that off without being like either over the top oh, yeah. or, um, that is something very easily done wrong if yeah. you're not careful. And hats off to Alfonso Coron for that. And for the, uh, again, I, I, I need to find her name, but she was amazing. Yeah. Actress. Yeah, no, I got I got to watch that movie. I really do. Yep. Um, All right, so you number one. My number one. So let's brighten it up in here. Come on. <laughs> I mean, it's still it's a sad scene, but it's uh, Ken Watanabe's character from The Last Samurai, uh, Katsumoto. Haven't seen it. I know. It's, I mean, <laughs> y- you got to get on the on the ball here. 
Um, basically, well, you haven't seen you haven't seen half of mine either. I know it's true. Um, so essentially, Katsumoto is the last like vestiges, last remnants of the samurai kind of culture in a rapidly modernizing Japan. Right. Um, so I basically, thought, I thought Tom Cruise was the last. He, no, he's not. <laughs> Anyone who says that is an idiot and has not watched the movie or doesn't know how to interpret things. Um, so basically at the end here, you know, Tom Cruise has been living as a captive um, with them for months, but he's developed friendships with, especially with Katsumoto and with the, the widow of the man he killed, ah, who is Katsumoto's, eh? who is Katsumoto's sister. Friendship. So these two are basically, they become, you know, they're, they're learning from each other. You know, because because Tom Cruise's character is a tortured war vet, basically fought in the Civil War, fought you know uh, natives out in the plains, was part of like massacres that kind of stuck stuck with him. He was an alcoholic, really just like a tortured, tortured guy. And he finds this culture and this people that really just resonates with him and kind of saves him. And Katsumoto is this is this man who he he gets so much knowledge from and exchanges knowledge with and just kind of teaches him to accept things and become a better person. And then at the end, they have this like just epic charge to just like this whole Gatling guns, you know, the old school ones with a crank on them. Like, cause the U S has outfitted the Japanese army with, you know, to make it a modern army. And they're like, you know, this is it, you know, let's, let's just, let's just do this. And, you know, they get cut down and the whole scene, you know, he's Tom Cruise is holding him in his arms. He's just like, you know, visions of these cherry blossoms which they, they talked about early in the film where it's like you search your whole life for the perfect one and in his last visions like when he's dying he's just seeing all these cherry blossoms like oh they're all perfect and then he sort of dies okay. and it was such a Ken Watanabe's an incredible actor kills it in that scene definitely that's that's one of my favorite movies of all time as well but you know it's just like that friendship that they have was is really really powerful you know and just that that whole moment there was was great so that's that's why that easily could have been jumped around for me, but I think as I get older, something like that means a bit more to me because of the relationship that they had. You know, because the death itself it's a, it's a badass moment, but you know the, the meaning behind that death and what that means for you know the characters and the story, and plus that's another scene that the score in that movie is incredible. I think it was actually I want to say Hans Zimmer. Uh, did that one? I'll have to look that I'll up. Look it up. But, I'll look it up. Yeah, um, incredible, incredible score in that whole film. Um, I'm, I'm almost positive it was Hans Zimmer. So it was up. Hans Zimmer. It was okay. That's what I thought. Yeah, he's he's one of the best composers out there. So really, really did great in that movie. Cool. So, yeah. So that was my number one. What is yours, Matthew? Going back to the land of Harry Potter. Okay, Harry Potter. Again, I don't think you've seen all these movies. I know what happens, though. So the uh, it'd be the death of Severus Snape. Okay. Um, I and, thought maybe you'd gone with Dumbledore. No, uh, the Dumbledore death is great, but it's not. It it doesn't have the impact that that Snape's does. Yeah. Um, because for since this is cinema small talk, for seven and a half movies, mm-hmm. um, the character of Snape has been the villain that I would say antagonist. You know, no, he's he's maybe I'm just because I've reread the books recently. Yeah, like he has been just not. He's again, I would say villain. I would say okay, antagonist. Probably the most complicated character in that whole series because it all gets revealed Mm -hmm. at that point. Right. So his death, killed by Voldemort, um, shares his memories with Harry, and then you get this whole revelation of everything that he's done uh, like being the asshole doing all, all the stuff he's done killing dumbledore everything mm-hmm. like that was all part just, of the plan not only just part of the plan it's just all because of his love for harry's mother mm-hmm. and because he, he was the one who got her killed which okay. i'm not sure if if i can't remember if that's in the movie as much or if it's from the book but he's the one who originally told voldemort about the prophecy uh, which like, voldemort went out and kill kill harry okay so, so he, he felt, felt responsible he felt guilt, yeah. for killing the love of his life. So that's why he went to Dumbledore. It's gotcha. like, I'll do anything to write this wrong that I've done. Yeah. And yeah. so he's forced to take care or watch over this kid who reminds him so much 
of James. Yes. Fun, yeah. Who he hate. Yeah. He loathed. Um, but yeah, everything is just, it's, it's a beautiful moment. Um, you know, dies with the, the whole, you have your mother's eyes, but Alan Rickman though, man, I mean, that, that was great. It was great. It was a vicious death too. Yeah. Fucking stabbed with snake fangs. Oh, multiple wow. Times. Oh, yeah, that's I right. Got, you haven't I got, seen I got to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's, that's, oh, for uh, that, the movies I know I would love too. You know, cause I'm all about fantasy and stuff like that. But you, you instantly have a character who is not a hero become the biggest hero in right. the entire story. The unsung hero of the story. And of like the biggest hero in the whole story. Yeah. Like Some people, everything, everything fell into place was right. able to, was because of him. Yeah. He, he duped who he needed to do. He, he played the game he needed to play all because, all because of love. Yeah. He played Great. the long game too. He, he was Great. in it for the duration. Like he, he knew it, nothing. It was always just going to end up with him. You know, making sure that his love of his life's kid survived. Right. That's that's the only thing he could do. That's, yeah. Really great. that's yeah. I mean, phenomenal performances too. Um, and all and all these movies that we've mentioned. Um, I would say. Oh yeah. Get some fun, absolutely ridiculous performances. So I think that that probably wraps it up for today. Yeah. I think we've had enough of the uh, yeah. enough of death for today. That was good though. I, I this was this is a very very Shaking enjoyable the conversation. Off. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I think uh, next week. Or next episode, um, we're going to take a look back at 2019. We're going to talk our favorite movies. Yep. Uh, we promise it'll be a lighter episode. I promise only one of my movies has to do with death. Oh, good. Um, and, and terribly depressing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're going to look back at what we've seen in 2019, what we've really liked, what we thought might have uh, uh, been a bummer, what disappointed us, what we loved, and then we're going to look ahead and see what the rest of this year, because the rest of this year is fucking stacked. It really is. Um, I don't know how we're going to have time to see all this stuff. Uh, I don't know. I think like literally every week we'll be seeing a movie. Maybe we'll so, see. We'll see about that. Yeah, know. yeah, exactly. We might have to wait for some of these for streaming. Yeah. But um, anyways, um, Matt, where can the good people find us? Uh, we're on iTunes now. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're I think we're on Stitcher now as well. Um, Anchor Podcasts. So anywhere that um any subscription service you use, whether it's Apple, Spotify, whatever, you'll find us. All right. We're there. Great. Cinema Small Talk. Yeah, that will do it. For today's episode, guys, this has been Cinema Small Talk. I'm Pat. Hi, Pat. Oh, I'm Matt. Hi. Bye. You know, all I ask is for a, a good. I've decided off. I like trying to fuck up the ending to every episode now. So okay, gonna that's that. that's gonna be your thing. Why not? Okay, great, guys. Take care. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>